Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, my name is Ashley. I'm part of the team here and I have the privilege of bringing our word today. And uh, if you were here last week, you know that we are in a series called Jesus Is. And Pastor Tony kicked us off last week with Jesus Is The Way. And he mentioned the fact that, you know what, we could actually talk about so many things. We could talk about Jesus as our saviour. We could talk about Jesus as our redeemer. We can talk about Jesus is our healer. We could talk about even, if you wanted to, the compound names of God, Jehovah Jireh, Jesus is our provider. We could talk about so many things when we talk about Jesus is. And last week... Pastor Tony kicked us off, and we're using the passage from John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Pastor Tony kicked us off last week with Jesus is the way. And being the second second sermon in this series, you get zero points for knowing that today is Jesus is the truth. Right? It, it, it's got to be a pretty obvious statement, right? And, and again, you are not a prophet. If next week you think we're going to talk about Jesus is the life. So again, because we're preaching this in a series, I would highly encourage you, don't just take what I say today, but put it in the context of last week, along with next week, so that we get the whole truth when it comes to this passage. You see, when I say that Jesus is the truth, the first question that comes to mind is, what is truth? And it's actually a fair question because philosophers and people smarter than me have debated this for decades, centuries, millennia even. The great philosophers, Plato and Aristotle, were talking about what is truth. You'll actually even find the question in the Bible. Jesus, when he was standing before Pontius Pilate, he was there, he'd been taken out of his home, he'd been arrested, he stood before four trials in one night. He stood before Pontius Pilate, and in John 18, verses 37 to 38, it says, You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Pontius Pilate looks at Jesus and goes, what is truth? Do you pick up the irony? Jesus declared that he was truth. And Pontius Pilate looks at him and says, what's truth? You will never find someone more truer than Jesus standing right before a governing body and yet didn't recognise it. And if we're not careful in our lives, we can stand before the King. We can stand before Jesus and just not recognise it. Just not see it. Just not pick it up. You see... Humanity for centuries has been searching for truth because the reality is, is that none of us want to waste our lives. We all want to live for a purpose. We all want to live for a cause, but we want to know that what we're living for is true. 
And so it's actually a deep longing within us to actually know what truth is so that we can actually apply our lives towards that truth. And I think that largely as a society, we find truth a difficult thing. In part because we've reduced truth to a series of facts. As Pastor Tony said today, it's a fact, it's truth that on average people spend eight minutes in the shower. For the teenage boys out there, I'd say make it longer, please. (laughs) Do you know that it is actually true that 69% of the world's fresh water is in glaciers and ice sheets? It's truth. Did you know it's truth that North Korea and Cuba are the only countries in the world that you can't buy Coca-Cola? Hmm. It is truth that the hottest chili pepper in the world is so hot that it can actually kill you. It's truth. It's true that the world's quietest room is located in Microsoft headquarters in Washington state. It's true. It is true that the longest place name on the planet is 85 letters long. So the next time you have to write out your address and you think it's too long, imagine. Where do you live? It's 85 letters in length. It's true. And all of that may be interesting. All of it may be true. But to be honest with you, it doesn't impact my life. You see, it's trivia which makes it trivial in my life. You see, truth has to be deeper than just facts. Truth has to be more than just trivia. You see, the problem is, is, well, there's two key problems when we reduce truth to facts. The first problem is that facts change. And so, therefore, what may be true today may not be true tomorrow. You know, if Coca-Cola started to be sold in Cuba, it would change the fact. If someone decided, and I have no idea why... But if someone decided they wanted to name their new town with 86 letters, the facts change. The truth changes. And so it's hard to say what's true when it can actually change. See, it's not just related to the trivial. We actually find this in all areas of life. You see, if we go back far enough... It was true that the earth was flat. It was true. In recent years, there are some people that's tried to rise again. And there's some people out there that say, no, no, the earth is still flat. It used to be true that the earth was flat, but then it was discovered the earth was round. It used to be true that the sun revolved around the earth. Until it was discovered, no, the earth revolves around the sun. You see, the facts change. And that causes us a problem if we only have truth in facts. The second reason why we have a problem when we reduce truth to facts 
is that the truth is open to interpretation. For anyone who is unsure about that or would look at me and go, is it really? Is the truth really open to interpretation? I have taught one and three quarters of my children how to drive. And it's three quarters because we're still working with the second one. And look, to be honest with you, huge shout out to Drive Smart Learning School and Mr. Mark Fraser. Because when I say I teach my children, I don't. Mark teaches my children and I take them driving occasionally. All right? Now, the reality is, is that truth is open to interpretation. If I get you to have a look at the screen, here is a lift straight out of the driver's handbook. Here is a public service announcement for all of our drivers out there. And husbands and wives, no elbows. Okay? It is true. It is truth that a yellow light indicates that the lights are about to change red. You must not enter the intersection unless you are so close to the stop line that you are unable to stop safely without entering the intersection or risking a rear-end collision with vehicles following you. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands this morning. But in my experience in learning or well, driving with my children, there seems to be two interpretations to this rule. One interpretation has thrown me against the seatbelt so hard that it has bruised me. But there was no one following directly behind, and so therefore there was no chance of a rear-end collision, and so therefore that interpretation was true. I have also, looking at the lights, looking at the lights, looking at my child, looking at the light, looking at my child, grabbing hold of something and sailing through the yellow light just before it went red. Also a valid interpretation of the truth. Might I also say that there are times where the interpretation of that truth hasn't been right. There have been interpretations of that truth where one of my kids has gone to jump on the brakes and there's no way we're going to stop in time. And the answer is no, we've got to keep going. And I've also sat in the car with one of my children where we are so far back and the light goes yellow and I look and I wait, and I look, and I wait, and then I still have time to say, it's time to put the brake on. Yes. <laughs> you see, the facts are open to interpretation. And often, how we interpret things is actually more complex than the fact that we're looking at. You see, whenever we look at something, we always interpret it through our worldview. And our worldview is formed by our beliefs. I have no doubt that when my child was coming up to that yellow light from a long way back, I had no doubt that they believed they could make it. No doubt at all. But the interpretation wasn't right. 
And can I put it to you that if we debate a simple rule in terms of its interpretation, how much more the more complex things of this world? How much more do we need to go, oh, I'm not so sure about that one. And that's why we can have really intelligent people look at the same facts and draw different conclusions. Because their worldview comes into play, their interpretation comes into play when it comes to the facts that are presented before them. The origin of this universe. Do you know what? We're all playing with the same facts. And yet people can look at those facts differently and come up with a different interpretation. And when that happens, it's really hard to find truth. What is truth? You see, Jesus, when he says, I am truth, he isn't just claiming that the facts about him are true. He isn't just claiming that what he says contains truth. He wasn't claiming any small thing. He is claiming, I am truth. And without doubt, it is a big, big claim. And if you're here this morning and you're unsure about that claim, first of all, I want to say welcome. We are so glad that you're here because we've all been on this journey to try to find what truth is. So we're glad you're here. Secondly, we actually would love to be able to have a chat with you about the questions that you have. Because surely if there is a truth, then there's also answers to those questions. And so we would love to be able to chat with you about that. And can I remind you, from Pastor Tony's message last week, he quoted C.S. Lewis about about Christianity. C.S. Lewis said, if Christianity is false, it's of no importance. And if true, of infinite importance... The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. And so let me encourage you. We all have to make our choice around what truth is. But we would love to be able to help you with that choice. You see, not only is Jesus saying, I am truth, a big claim. It also has some big ramifications. Because it does mean that the facts about him are truth. It does mean that his word is truth. It means that his character is truth. His intentions are truth. His plans are truth. His actions are truth. And all of that is really, really, really good news. And the reason why it's good news is, first of all, the truth doesn't change. Now, I know that this is an unpopular concept in our society. I know that the common view is... You can have your truth, and I'll have my truth. And Oprah Winfrey has built an empire about actively listening to your truth. In fact, in 2018, when she was receiving her Golden Globe, she famously said, what I know for sure is that speaking your truth 
is the most powerful tool we all have. Do you know what? I actually agree with the sentiment of what she's saying. I agree that sharing our thoughts, our experiences, our feelings, our insecurities is powerful. Absolutely. Where I disagree is calling it your truth. Because the problem we have is that your truth versus my truth doesn't look the same. My experiences, my thoughts, my opinions, my feelings are different to your experiences, your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions. And I think we need to be careful because my truth can be deceived. My truth can be incomplete. Believe it or not, my truth can just be dead set wrong. And if my truth can be those things, as can your truth. And I think we need to be careful that we don't label things as true even when they're not. Back in the early 90s, I was going through a bit of my grunge rock phase. (laughs) For those of my... My wife is grimacing already just even thinking about it. My children will testify to the fact that sometimes I regress to my grunge rock days. And my wife would probably say way too often. But back in the early 90s, one of the bands that I was listening to released an album called Three Sides to Every Story. Not two sides, as we would think the saying is, but three sides to every story. And literally what they did was that they had a group of songs under each of the three sides to every story. And this band labelled the three sides to every story as yours, mine, and the truth. Because the reality is, is that every single time when you bring your truth and when I bring my truth, our perspectives are different and the truth may be somewhere in between. The truth may have left the building a long time ago. All right? And so we need to find more than just what our truth is. We need to find the truth. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because Jesus is the truth, the truth is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we need to bring our truth to the truth and let the truth speak into our situations. You see, I need to know not just what I experience, not just what I think, not just what I feel, not just what my opinion is. I need to know what God says into that situation. You see, if I thought that I'm unloved, I may feel that way. I may hold that opinion. It may be my experience. And yet God says something entirely different. And the question for all of us is going to be, what are you going to hold on to? Are you going to hold on to what you think? what you feel, what your experiences are? Or are you going to go back to God and go, okay, I don't get it, God. I don't feel this way, but I'm going to submit my experiences to your truth 
and let your truth speak into my life because your truth does not change. The second thing with Jesus is the truth, is that the truth can be found. You see, Jesus didn't declare he was the truth, pat us on the head, say, hey, good luck with that, and walk away. In actual fact, if he did that, that would be cruel, right? As a parent, there have been times when my kids were much younger where they had a toy. And they'd go up to other kids and say, look what I've got, it's mine, and walk away. And that's cruel to the other child. So what do we do as good parents? Hey, we need to teach you how to share. Because it would be cruel not to. It would be cruel if we went out to our community barbecue on a Friday afternoon and said, hey, everyone, we've got food. Good luck with that. You laugh because it sounds so insane. You wouldn't do that. But likewise, Jesus has not said, hey, I'm the truth. Good luck with that. And walked away. You see, he wants the truth to be found. And he's given us two great gifts to be able to help find truth. The first one is the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is God, but has a different role to both Jesus and to the Father. You see, when Jesus came to earth, he came to point the way to the Father. He came as a sacrifice so that he could make a way to the Father. But the Holy Spirit's role is different. Jesus pointed to the Father. The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. And it's a great gift that we have because he wants to bring truth into our lives. He will nudge us. He'll prompt us. He'll point us to the truth that we find in Jesus. John 16, 13, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. You see, the more we engage with the Holy Spirit, the more he can guide us into all truth. And so let me encourage you today, don't ignore the Holy Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit in. Allow him to speak and work with him. The second gift that we've been given is the Word of God. You see, the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to me, often points me back to the Bible. Why? Because it's the truth of God. And when the Holy Spirit guides me into truth, it usually comes in the form of, hey, you remember that passage that you read? Well, I do, but I don't like it. Didn't ask what you like. I'm here to guide you into truth, not guide you into preference. I'm here to guide you into truth. And so again, not just the Holy Spirit, but the more we engage with the Word of God, the more we engage with the Bible, the more truth we will actually find. You know what? Sometimes finding truth is a bit like playing hide-and-seek. 
When I played hide-and-seek with our kids when they were younger, the goal is not to hide so well that they never find you. Otherwise, you are stuck there for a really, really, really long time. And in actual fact, we used to do this as a youth group. Growing up in the country, we would play hide-and-seek on a Friday night at night. Now, I know we have hide-dan-seek sometimes here at youth. I want to say that's a poor substitute to how country kids did it. (laughs) You see, growing up in the country, we set a boundary. The boundary was huge. The boundary had sheds. The boundary had a whole range of different things. And I remember one Friday night, we were out at youth, and someone took hide-and-seek way too literally and refused to come out. And we couldn't find them. For hours. (laughs) We had parents calling out. We had uh, cars driving around. We literally lost a child because they chose to be lost. God wants to bring us on a journey of discovery. He hides from us not so that we have to, you know, wonder if he even existed. He hides from us to lead us into truth, to bring us on a journey. He doesn't just download the truth bundle when you get saved. But a little bit like hide and seek, he does want your active participation in seeking. And he may hide for a season, but it's always so that you get a greater revelation when you find. The truth wants to be found. Finally this morning, the truth brings freedom. In John 8, verses 31 and 32, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching and you are really my disciples... You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is effectively saying, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know me, and I will set you free. See, I think we need to redefine freedom a little bit. Freedom is not doing anything you want to whenever you want If I choose to leave church today and I want to express my freedom by ignoring every single road rule on the way home, is that an expression of freedom or am I being an absolute idiot? You see, I think we need to come back to understanding that freedom is only found when we recognize Jesus as the truth. See, when we recognize Jesus as the truth, what we're saying is is that he is God and I am not. When we recognize Jesus as the truth, because he is God, any plan that he has for me is better than any plan that I have for me. And when I engage with Jesus as the truth, The sooner that I am on his plan, the better it is 
for me and everyone else. You see, going back to my upbringing on that farm in Pinaroo, it was a mixed farm, which means that we had chickens, we had sheep, we had cropping as our main forms of income. And each one of those things needed to take place in their own space. See, farmers are really creative. When we had chooks, you know where we kept them? The chook shed. And once a year, we'd get baby chickens, you know, little yellow fluff balls. And you know where they were? The chicken shed. And we had a couple of dogs. And you know where they were? The dog run. And we had some rams. And do you know where they were? The ram paddock. Real creative. We used to have a lot of ewes. Do you know where the ewes were? Someone said ewe paddock. No, ewe paddock. There's no ewe paddock. It's just in the paddock. <laughs> but then the cropping would take place as well. And while each of those things happened in the spaces that was designated, according to the farmer's plan, everything worked really well. Do you know what happened when things didn't go according to the farmer's plan? See, when those cute little fluffball chicks came along once a year, we had to keep them in a very tight enclosed space because we used to have a big gas heater that would sit over top of them. It was called a brooder. And if you know anything about chickens, like mother hens would brood over their chicks. Well, we had a big gas heater, which was the brooder, and it was there to keep them warm. And if one of those chicks decided to exercise its freedom by getting outside of the pen, Unfortunately, it would most often die. Not because of the predator, but because it was outside of fellowship with the rest of the chicks. And it would die of cold, predominantly. You know what? When the rams were in the ram paddock, everything was fine. But if the rams tried to get out of the ram paddock, we were in trouble. When our ewes were in the paddock. Everything was fine. But as soon as they tried to get out into the crop, everything all of a sudden became a problem. And in each of those cases, the chicks, the rams, the ewes, even the dogs could all say, but I'm just exercising my freedom. And yet it causes anarchy outside of the farmer's plan. Can I ask you to stand this morning? I think that for some of us, we're not experiencing the freedom that the Bible talks about because we're not getting on God's plan. And I think that for all of us, the way that we get back onto God's plan is that we engage Jesus as the truth again. Just like those animals, they might just be expressing their freedom, but ultimately that freedom led to their hurt or someone else's hurt. And I find the same thing with us. Sometimes when we move off of the truth of Jesus, 
it might be to exercise our freedom, but often it hurts us or it hurts someone around us. And can I encourage us today? We're going to go back into a song. I want to create a private moment right here between you and God. He is God. I am not. And the sooner I get on his plan, the better it is for everyone. And for all of us here today, there is an opportunity right now just to re-engage with Jesus again as the truth and say, you know what, Jesus, I want to come back onto your plan today. Wherever I sit, wherever I'm, whatever I'm experiencing, whatever this looks like, Jesus, you've got a greater plan for me. And so I'm going to submit to you again. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.